I was a uh, practicing clinician working in a home health agency model. I wasn't allowed to dose my patients as per best practice guidelines. So I said, there's gotta be a way to do this better. My, my grandmother and my grandfather, I started seeing them going in and out of long-term care. It started personal seeing the sick side of 80, and now it's been exciting to be part of Fox. Light bulb moment, like that's a complete game changer. You can see what we can do as a practice and as treating clinicians to really make 80, 85 look so much different than it did back that long ago. And boil it down into one say, it's quite simply this, it's be stronger, live better longer. Welcome to Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast, the podcast dedicated to clinicians who work with older adults. My name is Jim Shear, and today I am joined by Fox Rehabilitation speech-language pathologist, Elise Gordon. Elise, welcome. Thanks for having me, Jim. This is great. I just found out that you're a, a radio pro. Uh, I wouldn't say a pro, but I have been on radio before. You've been on the mic before. I have. Yeah, so this this should be really simple. You should you could maybe like lead the interview like midway through. Well, like turn okay. it around and you just ask a bunch of questions. I'd love to ask you questions. You're fantastic. <laughs> so Elise, you treat in our Florida West One region. Correct. And we have a thing called Spirit Night at Fox Rehabilitation, where every year we have the different teams submit a team video. And your team video was fantastic. And I'm kind of surprised that it didn't win. You guys did a parody of Baywatch. We did. And we even went to the beach to do yes. it and had a super fun time. And a lot of us are feeling a little bit you know, sore about the fact that we didn't win, which just means that next year's video is going to have to be better. I will say that we were competing against regions that were more established and Fox were new to the show. That's true. And, and this year, everybody voted on it. So we didn't have the voting power, but we want to recount, but whatever. Wait. We're good. <laughs> the, the entire practice voted on it. I, 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 I posted I the stats. I know. The stats I are know. there. We're just kidding. We're just going to have to do a bigger, better, biggest one next year. But you had drone shots. We did. And we ran parody. on the beach. You're and running made, on the beach? It was amazing. It was. And we made tons of friends and more awareness of Fox Rehabilitation on the beach on Siesta Key and Lido Beach. And it was great. <laughs> so it wasn't a waste. It wasn't for naught. And, and we had a good time. And by the way, this is not what we're talking about on today's podcast, but I'm just fascinated by it. And this is the first time that I've spoken with Elise since the video came out. But how did you coordinate all that? Because you had a slew of your team on the beach, which seems tough. Everyone's right. busy these days. So to we coordinate are. that and to get you all on the beach to record, that in itself was a win. It was. And that's the thing about Spirit Night and Fox Rehabilitation that I love so much is that we are a really close-knit team. We're a new team. We're about eight or nine people together. And we do a lot of fun things together in Sarasota County, Manatee County, where we're at and uh, Southwest, you know, the West Coast of Florida is a small community getting bigger every day. So I think we're still in that period where we just love to be together. So you know, give us advance warning and we'll be wherever. It's really been great. All right. Last question about the video. The day you shot was beautiful. Was yes. that planned? Did you show up to the beach one day and it was raining? And be like, ah, like, let's try this next Thursday. Or was it a beautiful day 
on no. the day you recorded. You know what, Jim? I'm not going to sound cheesy from the tourism section or anything, but <laughs> this time of year, it's pretty beautiful every day like that. The sunset looks like that every night. And, you know, we have junky weather later in the year during hurricane season, what have you. It gets hot, but this is the best time of year right now. And so I really feel like we don't really watch the weather down here so much, you know, in the wintertime because it's always beautiful and there's very little rain. Like I think it rained the other day for the first time in six weeks. So I don't think we even thought about if it was going to rain. We just knew you just we got to get to the beach and do the video, you know. That's an excellent sell for the Sarasota area. Yes. Yes. And I will and I will tell you, I don't want to sell it anymore. It's getting very big. <laughs> <laughs> we like people, but not too many people. Come visit, spend your tourism dollars, but don't necessarily stay. <laughs> yeah, because that's longer lines at the coffee shop. All or right. the, on the road, yeah. And uh, yeah, traffic too. So today, this is an, I, I love these types of episodes of the Live Better Longer podcast because it's a little bit out of the box. So you emailed me a few weeks ago and yes. you said that you had an injury. And then through this yeah. injury, you sort of had an epiphany for patients that you treat. So let's just start at the beginning. Tell okay. us about your injury. Okay, so not to make a long story longer, I have accountability <laughs> family who we work with. My husband, my son, and I have best friends who have a, a single child as well, and we meet at a local amazing rowing park, and we run walk the park three to four times a week and have been doing that all the way through COVID. We go, they're in our bubble, we meet them, it's all outside. And in Sarasota, you can be outside a good portion of the year. It might be a little cold, might be a little hot, but we're there. 5.30 a.m., three to four times a week. So we met there, and in the back of my mind, I always thought either myself or my husband's going to take a header or take a fall, and it finally happened. I fell at the end of my workout. I was trying to move faster because I wanted to hit a certain time that we hadn't hit in a while. We had been a little lazy and right where the asphalt hit the concrete, I, I fell down and it was really eye opening for me. So what type of injury did you sustain? So luck, luckily, which it still haunts me a little bit. I didn't break my face. I didn't break my teeth. I didn't break my shoulder or my arm or my hand or my hip or my legs, which, you know, being in therapy, all my therapy friends who are PTs and OTs say it's better to break your hip than your shoulder. But I fell forward because I was running a little bit uphill and I could have easily broken my wrist or broken my shoulder or had injury. I was lucky. I just had bruising and okay. some swelling. So no major injury at all. Now, but did I you injured need... my pride. <laughs> oh, you injured your pride. Well, hey. I did. I That's totally important did. too. I did. Yeah. Big time injured my pride. So did you do any type of therapy to recover from this injury? I, I did not. I did not. I um, did a lot of um, swelling, um, prevention, icing, and stretching. The woman that is my accountability partner is a paramedic EMT. So she checked me out on the spot and we knew that we didn't need stitches or the ambulance or anything like that. But I just recovered at home, probably should have had it checked out, but didn't. And I'm totally fine now. But, you know, it made me really think a lot. I'm 48 years old, not embarrassed to say that. You and, know what? Um, I'm 48 too. Oh, see, I knew we were yeah. friends. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, you know, I in previous employment, I teach the falls prevention in service because I used to be a director of rehab somewhere else. And I'm so happy I'm not there anymore. Just saying. But um, I used to do the in service on why falls prevention is so important. And you know, just little things that anybody on the team can do to prevent falls, like the maintenance workers and the housekeepers in a facility and the front desk personnel and the dietary people, not just the therapists and the nurses. And I tell the story all the time about, you know, what happens to somebody when they fall and even if they don't have an injury and all the statistics, right? But what happens when someone falls and they don't hurt themselves, they still have a daughter. You know, in Florida, we have a lot of people who have retired here and their family live other places. So we have daughters in California and sons across the pond in England who send in home health workers that they don't need and send in all this stuff. And everybody gets ecstatic about the fact that mom fell and she's humiliated anyway. And then what happens, Jim, when she falls again? Does she tell anybody? Nope. So she's either afraid she's going to fall again and so she doesn't move and then we have a decline and we're weak and we have no strength and we've lost mobility or she keeps falling and no matter what happens to me, I'm not telling a soul because then everybody's in my business and it doesn't feel so good. And I'm totally humiliated that I fell anyway because I just tripped and fall. It was an accident. Because you, so you talked about pride, injuring yes. your pride, not just a joke. No. Like you said- if someone falls again, they're like, well, like everyone ripped on me for falling. I'm just right. not going to tell anyone. Correct. Like how many people do we know who live in independent living or a single apartment or assisted living who do furniture walking, you know, or walk along the walls or fall down in the bathroom? I'm not telling a soul I fell because the last time that happened, I got someone in my house for three hours a morning in my space that I didn't like or... My daughter made me go to PT or the doctor said I should slow down and I like to do my activities. And so, you know, I tell these stories about things we can do to do falls prevention, but then I experienced it. And there was a nice guy on a bike, you know, at six in the morning in the dark who came to me, man, ma'am, are you okay? I felt so old. I felt so unathletic. <laughs> And I felt like, just please leave me alone, you know? And he's, ma'am, ma'am, take a minute. Are you okay? This and that. And I wasn't very nice to him, Jim. I'll just tell you, I'm a nice person generally. But I was like, please leave me alone. You're in my space. And I just thought about my people, you know? And then I'm a speech pathologist. So I work a lot with people who have dementia. So on top of not just falling, but then you think about the people who fall in who have dementia and then they have six nurses aides in their space and it's like it feels almost like an attack of your of your being but when did it, when did it switch for you because you fell you said you felt embarrassed someone was trying to help you you're like get away from I me did. but at yes. what point did you put yourself into the mindset of say an 83 year old patient when did you feel that, that empathy for them that morning i mean i always had empathy but it reminded me what, gosh, this must, what, that's what must it feel like. And then put dementia on top of it. And it's, mm, you know, so I, I did it like six in the morning and then I went to go work and I thought, oh my God. And I told everybody like, I fell this morning and it didn't feel good. And I'm sore and I have terrible abrasions on my knee and my mobility is terrible and my pride is hurt. And this is terrible. And this is what our people must feel like every day when they fall. That is the definition of empathy. 
you know exactly now what a patient is going through. So moving forward, how will this experience affect how you treat your patients? I mean, it's definitely going to affect how I treat them every day about, geez, I know what this feels like, but I'm definitely able to, I think, connect to them even better than I did before because I told all my patients too, like I fell two weeks ago and I know it's not a big deal because I'm up and moving, but I know how you feel and that's terrible. So make sure that we're safe or make sure you use your call light or make sure, you know, if you need help, you let somebody know or you know, let's slow down a little bit or let's think about safety, big on safety, you know, in the bathroom, especially. I don't want this to sound mean, but if I was a patient and I'm, I'm only saying this because I know it wasn't a major injury, but right. if you said, hey, I fell and I went through this, this and this as a patient, that would almost make me feel better. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. If, I'm if like, oh, like somebody something. Yeah. Yes. This therapist now knows what I'm going through. For real. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's just the little things and it's an attitude change, right? We reach people so much every day anyhow, but I just think it, you're right. It's, it's a conversation starter too, for a lot of people who are like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk about falling. It was like, I've been there. I know how it feels. So my last question. Yeah. So you said when you fell, your pride was hurt. Absolutely. And then you talked about patients who don't want to do therapy. So how do you have that conversation with someone who is resistant to therapy, but they definitely need it? Um, it's hard. You have to you have to break in. You have to have a connection. And if the fall helps to have a connection, that's that's going to be like my benefit of my fall. Like maybe there's a re I know hooey sounds weird, but maybe there's a reason right. why I fell. But also, I just you know, if that's the conversation that they like take their guard down, you can see in their shoulders, they get anxious and then. Oh, so if that's connection. Sometimes when people with dementia, all you need is a really good dementia smile, which I'm a huge proponent of. That helps a whole lot. But I think you're right. Like just having real people come to treat you is important. And, you know, I'm, I'm a therapist. I'll do whatever it takes to get someone who I think needs therapy on caseload. And if that means, you know, calling in family members, that might be a positive experience. That's great. Or, if they say, I'll work with you, but don't call my family member, maybe you go that route. But, you know, we will do just about anything. And I think this is in my arsenal now. Okay. So you don't, you don't dive in. You kind of have to ease your way in for certain people. Certain people, you really do have to develop that rapport. And sometimes they have to not hear that you're a therapist first. <laughs> you know, they just see you around with your happy smile and your foxy lady <laughs> shirt on and you're just smiling with others. And, um, you know, you, you, as a, as a good clinician in this, in this age bracket that we work into, you know, to fight ageism, you got to be able to read the crowd, you know, you have to, that, that I'll tell you, if you think that you're going to be successful in this population, you have to be able to read a crowd and know what you can say when and to who, you know, know who you can be real laid back and less formal with, or know the patients that want to be called by their proper name and that they were a physician or a respected community member, but you really have to be able to read the crowd and then putting yourself out there, which, you know, the falls kind of helped me do. So Elise, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about better hearing and speech month. All right. So as we take a quick break, 
to all of the physical, occupational, and speech therapists out there. If you are looking to work with a practice who will support you every step of the way, head on over to careers.foxrehab.org. You can check out all of the opportunities available to you. We currently treat in 27 states, including Washington, D.C., and that number is growing. So if you love treating older adult patients and you are at the top of your clinical game, we would love for you to head on over to careers.foxrehab.org to join the Fox Rehabilitation family. We are back on Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast. I am speaking with Fox Rehabilitation speech-language pathologist, Elise Gordon. So, Elise. Hello. This episode premieres during Better Hearing and Speech Month. So, you being a speech-language pathologist, also known as a speech therapist, also known as an SLP, what will you do to celebrate this month? Well, Jim, I always feel like it's the best month to educate people on what speech therapists do. Yes. Um, They don't know what we do, especially in senior living communities. You know, my mom, dad, grandmother, husband, wife, whomever has dementia. What are you going to do for them? So I always feel like it's a great month to almost put a pin on your lapel that says, ask me. And I'd love to educate people, you know, about what speech therapists, especially in our population, do. And that's how I always love to celebrate Speech and Hearing Month um, because I'm a big speech nerd and a big speech advocate. And quite honestly, I think that speech pathologists are um, the best discipline because if you can't eat and you can't attend and you can't follow directions and you can't tell the PT when it hurts, then you're not going to have a great successful session. So I know the PTs kind of reign supreme because they walk in their mobility and everybody loves the PTs and the OTs too, um, which I love my counterparts. I'm just saying speech language pathologists, we do rock because yes, if you, yes, without, you do without the brain, what do you have? Nothing. <laughs> I love <So> that. <laughs> That's my style and I'm sticking to it. I love that you drew a line in the stand. Because often on this podcast, I'll say, hey, you know, there's this discipline, that discipline. And I'll jokingly ask, what, what's the best discipline? And no one ever gives a straight answer. So I love oh. the fact that you gave a straight answer today. Well, I'm not a politician. I'm good. And I'll tell you, <laughs> this is where the bread is buttered. <laughs> right here. So, Elise, you'll, you'll have to come back. Because we have a couple I'd of, we have back. other ideas brewing that we have we talked do. about. Yes, we do. So let, let's not tease those. People will just have okay. to listen to that episode. But remember, it is Better Hearing and Speech Month, so celebrate your speech-language pathologists. That's right. Have a thickened beverage on them. <laughs> so for Elise Gordon, my name is Jim Shear, and we will see yins later. Later.